Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. Today, we are going to get to talking about my winters and kind of like holiday Christmas bucket list. If you listened in the fall, I had my fall and Halloween bucket list. This is going to be similar vibes, but y'all know first we catch up at the beginning. And let me tell you, it has been a hell of a week and a half since I last recorded. I'm currently recording this on the Thursday like a couple days before the Sunday when it goes live, I could not tell you for the life of me what number day it is on the calendar. But it is Thursday morning. And like I said, wow, it has just been, it has been a really difficult week and a half for me. As many of you know, I am in exposure response prevention therapy for OCD and emetophobia right now. And this is easily one of the hardest things I have ever done. I'm going to do a whole podcast on it one day when I'm in remission, as they call it, according to my therapist. Right now, we're just in the thick of things. And for anyone else that struggles with this, don't worry, I'm not going to get into too much detail. So this won't be triggering for you. I know when I was not ready yet, even hearing about emetophobia related things could be very triggering. Anyhow, just know that I am doing the hard work this week. Yesterday, actually, uh, my therapist and I got into some of the, not some of the, the Beginning of the harder exposures, basically in ERP therapy, you make an exposure tier list, like a pyramid. So at the bottom, you have the hard things that trigger you that are going to be the easiest to tackle. And you work your way up to the things that just feel impossible to do, things that would just send you into a spiral that you're ruminating about. You have the most compulsions around. So anyways, we got to, we finished the bottom half, we kind of got to the chunk of like the top three 
things. Which again, I just, I don't want to share about in detail right now. It's also like, I don't know when you're listening to this, it's gross. Some of the stuff I'm I'm doing, it's really not a pleasant way to start your morning. It's 8 a.m. right now. I already finished my exposure homework for the day. And when I get to the podcast all about it, you'll understand what I mean by not a pleasant way to start your day. Anyhow, regardless of the content of what I'm doing yesterday was the hardest therapy session I've had yet. And I'm going to try not to cry talking about it. But it just really triggered me. It did its job, let me tell you that. And really just physically and mentally what we were watching put me back in a space where I have felt extremely panicked and unsafe and trapped and untaken care of before. And I had a full-blown panic attack on Zoom with my therapist. I guess that is the silver lining. I'm in the comfort of my own home. I know in my head I'm safe while doing that, but anyone with anxiety, OCD, panic disorder knows your body doesn't always know what your brain knows. And it was just really unpleasant. It was not a nice, I did therapy at 10 a.m., like 10.30 a.m. panic attack. Somehow it was shockingly the first time that I've cried with my therapist and I was sobbing and I was like, I can't believe this is the first time you're seeing me cry. I'm such a crybaby. Anyways, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yesterday was a really hard day and I love my therapist so much. I don't even have words for it. And she was so great in handling the situation, took the exposure off the screen to talk me down for a moment. Let me know uh, the ball is in my court. We would bring it back up whenever I was ready and that I can do the hard things, sit through the discomfort and also that I'm being too hard on myself. That's been a common theme throughout therapy is I'm being too hard on myself. And I know there's probably a lot of people that can relate out there, especially with the cost of therapy. I feel a lot of pressure on myself to quote unquote, get better, which is also apparently not a good way to frame it. Actually with OCD, I, th- I think I read somewhere, I've been on a lot of OCD Instagram accounts and like people that live with it, not specifically educational, but real life shit. And I can't remember, I think I learned it was like the, was it the seventh or the ninth? Something in the top 10 of the most difficult uh, disorders, I don't know the right word, conditions to live with as qualified by the WHO, which I found very validating as well. So I've been really trying. It's only been less than 24 hours. I've been really trying to be nicer to myself, but I filled my partner in so that he knew where I was at with that and could just encourage me extra and like keep me in line when I'm being a meanie bobini to myself. Anyways, all that to say, today's a new day and today's a much better day. And I did my homework for 11 minutes. I'm supposed to do it for at least 10 a day. So I uh, <laughs> The perfectionist in me said, okay, we're going to start with the bar low, but we're going to do one minute more than was asked of me. Set a little timer and did my homework at like 7 a.m. this morning and I didn't cry. I didn't have a panic attack and maybe I will tomorrow and that's okay. That's all part of it. But today's a good day so far is what I'm trying to say. Therapy is fucking hard. Anyone that is out there and doing it, regardless of what you're doing it for, you know, my experience is very specific to OCD, whatever the heck you are in therapy for, whether it's CBT, EMDR, talk therapy, how, no matter how big or small you think your issues are, therapy is so hard. It is so much emotional labor, unpacking things that make you feel any type of way. And especially this time of year, I didn't even think when I started therapy that going into seasonal depression and the holidays, like this is a brutal time of year to try and regulate the brain. The odds are just not in your favor. Now, for I've had a couple people on Instagram ask for anyone curious, if you're in Canada, 
I am doing therapy through a center called OCD North. They're located in Barrie, Ontario. I do virtually because I don't live anywhere close to Barrie, Ontario, and I know they offer to most provinces. It is specifically exposure response prevention therapy for OCD that they offer. And if you're somebody that struggles with OCD, ERP is the gold standard treatment. So anyhow, do with that what you will. I just wanted to share that for anybody else. If you want to know what practitioner I'm specifically seeing, if you're interested in going, I would be happy to share if you send me a DM on Instagram. She is just so inclusive and lovely and with it and has OCD herself and gets it. Okay, what else is new? I want to ramble about books really, really quick. I know not everybody cares. It's going to be like one or two minutes, y'all. The part of my voice in this week and a half of hell, a bug has run rampant through my house. I got it way less worse than my partner, which is shocking with my lovely immune system, but the, the lingering throat and congestion is hanging on. Anyhow, with books, I finished Akatar. I finished Crescent City. I am now in the throes of Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Mass in the SJM universe. I'm on book four, technically, is it? No, three, technically. I've read Assassin's Blade, Throne of Glass, Crown of Midnight. I'm now on Air, Air of Fire, I believe it's called. I'm ripping through it. Akatar is my least favorite series by this author, y'all. I know everyone loves Akatar. Throne of Glass. Crescent City is my number one. Okay. So far, Throne of Glass is in second place. I am ripping through these books. Really, really loving the character development. Also been really into cozy mysteries, which I know I talked about in the fall. I am getting back into it for winter, y'all. I'm listening to an audiobook through Libby, like the library app right now called, I think it's called Cr Murders of a Feather. There's like a crow on the front, like a winter scene. I think it's Murders of a Feather. Anyways, it's a cozy mystery about a veterinarian who is leaving her practice one day with her coworker and stumbles across some dead bodies. And then the dead bodies keep on popping up. But it's not scary, I promise. It's not scary. There's no description. It's not gory. It's a cozy mystery and it's so festive and fun. And I was looking at today what's new in audiobooks at my library. And there's some more like Christmas themed cozy mysteries. So I joined the waitlist for those loving cozy mysteries. Also, if you go to thrift stores, there's usually a ton of cozy mysteries because a lot of elderly people love to read them. They just have the most fun book covers. Yeah, I've just been enthralled in the SJM universe. So I've working through those books and listening to fun audiobooks in the meantime. Library finally got audiobook copies of Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. So I did join the waitlist. However, I am hesitant. I am hesitant. A friend of mine enlightened me to some TikTok videos about those books, about the author kind of appropriating the Gaelic language and Scottish culture within the books. And anyways, if you know, if you know, you know, it has made me a little unsure, but I'm going to give the books a try and I'm not giving her any money because I'm doing it through the library. I, I know the nuances with that, but I figure I'll try for free. I'll see. I'll see what the hype's about if it's even for me because if you've been listening, I'm very picky with fantasy books. I was very unsure at first if it's my genre. Otherwise, been deep in the Christmas Hallmark movies, which we'll get to in a minute or two when we start talking about my winter and Christmas bucket list, but I'm just really trying to take care of myself. It is such a hard time of year with cold and flu season. It is extremely triggering for my OCD. Z season at my office as well. I think I mentioned last time that I recently got benefits through my partner's work. That's been absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Finally have benefits to get massaged myself. I go tomorrow. I'm off work tomorrow. 
I'm going to get a massage. I'm very excited. And that has helped my physical pain so, so, so much. So I'm practicing what I preach. Anyways, not much else new in the life and times of me that I can think about. Well, let's hop into my winter and holiday bucket list. I also want to preface, if you're someone that doesn't celebrate Christmas, translate this to what you will. I'm also going to have an episode in a few weeks or sometime in December about having a frugal girl winter, which will just be generally things you can do in the winter that are low cost or free to get through the season. So if this one isn't the one for you, I'll see you in a few weeks. It's going to be a very general holiday themed chat for the next couple of weeks with for consumption and the holiday new year's resolutions or really the lack of new year's resolutions that i believe in today actually last week was kind of the kickoff with boundaries for the holidays today we're continuing the, the good vibes we're keeping the good vibes going you know as i was ruminating over this i made some some little notes in my journal, as y'all know, to keep me on the rails. The biggest theme that kept coming up for me is that I'm constantly chasing that feeling of Christmas as a child. And specifically for me, because I was born in 96, that late 90s, early 2000s Christmas vibe. And I'm so, so freaking curious how kids that grew up past 2010 are going to feel when they get older about this. Like, I'm like, are they going to yearn for 2010? Because in my opinion, like 2010 onward, like Christmas was not it the holiday magic isn't there with technology like it's so different but I know everyone's experience is obviously dependent upon their environment for me I really think any of us who grew up in that time period like grew up in the prime time of Christmas magic just the simplicity I think of the holidays of getting your two weeks off school the magic of Christmas morning all of the wonderful Christmas themed Disney episode. Oh my god, the winter and Christmas Tim Hortons cups. Can they bring those back? Like the little animated scene with the kids tobogganing, the little cartoons tobogganing. Ah, those cups. Christmas of my childhood in a nutshell. You know, upon this reflection, I kept reflecting and reflecting and thinking like, why was it so special aside from the lack of technology? It was our moms. It was our moms or parents, you know, whatever it might be. In my case, it was my mom. And growing up is realizing that so much of the magic of Christmas was actually just having an amazing mom and historically we can see around holidays in general not just christmas but we talked about it with halloween with birthdays it is the energy that the women and the matriarchs and our family put in to making holidays special you see it a lot now in adulthood i think anyone who has a family of their own or even just a partner i've noticed this as well in my adult dating life there's typically one partner and i don't want to always say it's one or the other but often we can see that it's the matriarchs of the family that make the holiday magic. And that's okay with me. I've had a lot of interesting conversations with my partner. As many of you can imagine, I have a lot of interesting conversations with my partner being somebody that has worked in the reproductive health space and has certain viewpoints. I had that conversation about the emotional labor that goes into Christmas and how, you know, I've already done all my Christmas shopping and uh, he slayed it last year. I had the conversation right off the bat with him. It was our first Christmas together last year. And I said, it's not about, you know, the price of gifts under the tree. I'm a sentimental binge. I want to know that you were thinking about me. You go to the dollar store and spend $20. And as long as it was my favorite types of candy or something that you thought was funny and inside joke between us, I'm going to live, laugh, love it. Just don't do it the night before Christmas. Anyways, no, I know a lot of you are going to understand this, that there's a lot of emotional labor that falls on women around the holidays. I want to say women, just specifically not straight men. What else? Anyways, I really want to try and keep that magic alive, both 
more mainly for myself, honestly, the people around me, that's just an added benefit for them. But I'm not going to be that person that wallows and is depressed because, oh, the holidays don't feel the same. I will simply curate that magic for myself because it's something that I enjoy. So why not? The first things on my bucket list, I'm going to talk about getting outside. And this is some things that are free to do because y'all know I am a person on a budget, a person avidly trying to unpack and unlearn capitalism. One thing I have written down, this might not be for me actually, this might be for you, but I think it's fun, is outdoor ice skating. And if you live in even small towns, I think often the parks will put up sometimes an ice skating rink and Christmas lights, or sometimes if you're in a very small town, it's just like the neighbor that lives in the country that has a cool dad that throws a tiny little ice rink and invites, you know, neighborhood folks over to skate. Whatever it might be, maybe it's driving into the big city to do a nice outdoor skate. I think outdoor skating is so fun, especially at night when they have all the Christmas lights on. The city does this in the main park downtown and also at, I think, one of the markets. Uh, market buildings, whatever you want to call it, downtown. Got the ice skating rink. As long as the weather cooperates, oh my lord. Southern Canadian winters have not been very kind with global warming. It's been very melty. Hopefully this year we can get some ice skating time in. If you know, you know, I have an elbow injury, which means I have to do very low risk activities to not re-injure myself and ruin my career. However, if you are a confident skater or want to try, get some elbow pads, get out there. And I think outdoor ice skating is such a fun thing to do. If you don't have skates, I think you can rent them or I don't know, check like the thrift store. There's got to be ways. I'm not a skater. I'm not a hockey player. Never did any of that. Don't know how to stop on skates. Or that's something you could look into. On that same note, like I'm talking about with getting outside, like me, maybe, maybe you don't want to skate. Maybe that's a little bit a little bit too much, a little bit too bouge for you, just go for a walk. I love walking through all the parks that put up Christmas light displays. And I'm guessing this is a universal thing around North America at least, but here in Southern Ontario, in the kind of little pocket that I live in, my city and all the surrounding towns have parks or throughout the city that they put up Christmas light displays. And it's not just like lights on trees, but it's, how would you word it? Like, it's like an art show, like a walking path where they have these beautiful, like, characters made out of Christmas lights that flash and they look like they're moving with the way that they flash. Disney characters, Christmas scenes. It's so difficult to verbally describe that. Anyhow, my hometown has a two parks, actually, that do this, which is wild for a town of under 10,000 people. And it was just so fun growing up my memories of dressing up in my snowsuits with my cousins and whenever there was a big snowstorm, going and walking along the park, seeing all the fun Christmas light displays, making snowballs, snow angels, just like goofing around, walking through the lights, and it just feels so magical. You know, there's like paid lights you can drive through as well. I think this is more of like a city thing and there is one near the city that I live in and it sets up all around Ontario called Magic of the Lights which I did go to last year and I'll give you my little review on that which basically you pay you drive and you drive through a light display and for me my review it, it was not it was not worth the money for me I mostly did it because I wanted Boo my dog that passed away to experience it because I thought it would be really interesting and fun for him to see all these bright lights. He also doesn't have, well, he didn't have any seizure disorders while he was alive. So it was a safe option because there was lots of flashing lights. I have the cutest video driving through this like flashing light tunnel. It's not as cool as it sounds, but whatever, of Boo just like looking around and it was so stimulating for him. So it was worth it for him, the money. But would I do it again? 
no. If you don't have lights around you, I think it could be really neat. Or if you have kids, again, where you're doing it for someone else. But it's basically a light display where, you know, I think, God, we paid like $25. It was so expensive for like a five minute. And that's driving slow. That's driving like 10 kilometers an hour. You drive through, there's like a, a short little light tunnel. Like I'm talking like 15 meters long <laughs> with flashing Christmas lights that you drive through. And then there are the little light displays. Like I was talking about that my hometown park has. And it was just underwhelming. They didn't have the licensing to like any Disney stuff. I don't know if my hometown does or if the artists just took it upon themselves to make Christmas light Disney displays. They probably don't have the licensing, whatever. Anyways, holiday lights being something that you pay for, it's very generic, like a Christmas tree made out of Christmas lights, a reindeer made out of Christmas lights. And maybe it would be really cool to you if you haven't seen free light displays. But for me, I would rather walk or just drive past the free light displays in the towns around me rather than wait in line. Like the lines for Holiday of the Lights can be nuts. Like you can be waiting over an hour in your car lined up on the country road to get in to pay 20 bucks to drive for five minutes through these Christmas lights. For me, it wasn't, that part wasn't worth it. I really like the free option and the leisurely walking at your own pace option. For folks who maybe aren't able to walk, I think it's a good accessible option. I know a lot of people have taken their grandparents or their grandparents that really love Magic of the Lights. Again, I went for my dog. People might go for their kids, whatever it might be. Getting outside and seeing the Christmas lights is super fun. And on that note too, I know a lot of people do this. One of my favorite things to do around the holidays is to get out there and go for a drive. I love to go to the bougie neighborhoods that hire people to put up light displays on their houses, see how people are decorating. And I know in my city and a lot of other bigger cities, there are interactive websites where you can go look up your city and look up light displays and it'll show you a map of all the houses. And I don't know if this is like fan curated or if you sign up, if you decorate your house, but a lot of the houses with big light displays that are kind of like worth going to see are on this map. And you can take yourself on a little self-guided tour around your city and surrounding towns to the houses with the fancy fun light displays. Like that is a cool use of technology in my opinion. And that's where I'm like, oh, okay, technology can do good. I think that that is so fun. And Last year, my partner and I did this. We went and we got hot chocolates from Tim Hortons, put on some Christmas music in the car and just went for a drive and looked at the lights in our neighborhood that the house put up. You know, that's what a lot of people do. I think that's a really fun little tradition to have. And again, if you don't have a car, go walk, whatever. There are many varieties of taking in the Christmas lights and usually it's relatively free. They're free one under the getting outside umbrella. Y'all know. Y'all know I can't go a podcast without talking about birds, but it's winter birding. Not all the birds fly south. They aren't all migrating. A lot of beautiful ones like the cardinals and blue jays and a lot of great blue herons stick around. I think it is so fun to go and go on a nice little winter walk with your binoculars, some peanuts in your pocket or some birdseed to leave as a little offering for them and go see what birds you can find. Really fun apps if you're new to birding. Merlin, it's a free app. You download it. You download the quote unquote pack for your area, which means geographically you download the data for your area and you, it's like Shazam for birds. So you press listen. And if you hear a bird call around you that you don't know what it is, you press listen. The app listens. It tells you what bird it is. So then you know what to look for while you're out birding. How cool is that? So one called eBird that is also free. You download it and you can track your birding. So as soon as you get to the spot where you're going to start, you click start. It tracks how far you've walked, where you've walked. And as you go, you type in the bird you see and you press, you add it to your list. You press the little plus one or plus two if you see two blue jays. And then at the end of your walk, you click done and you say, oh, I walked 3.5 kilometers. I saw three blue jays, two crows. And you're also contributing to data for t scientists in your area 
of what birds are active in that region right now. I think that is very fun, very funky, fresh, cool. Feeding the birds in winter is also very cool because it is a time when they are at their lowest food resources here in Canada due to the snow, the ground freezing and everything. So if you're gonna think about getting into feeding birds, perfect time right now, perfect time to do it. Takes them usually three to four weeks to learn that there is a bird feeder in the area. So get it out there now so that the birds know by Christmas that you are there to be Santa Claus to them. Something that I used to really enjoy with my getting outside in the winter is snowboarding or skiing. Uh, again, with the elbow injury now, it's out of the cards. I actually really need to sell my snowboard and snowboard boots this year on Kijiji or Facebook or something. Just haven't gotten around to that. I don't know y'all, like it's been a few, it's God, been since like 2019 that I did that because then I hmm, broke my arm. But what does it even cost now? Maybe that's an expensive option. I'm not sure. I haven't been in a long time. But if that's within your budget, I think skiing and snowboarding can be really fun. Just like take the safety precautions, wear a helmet, wear elbow pants. Such a, such a mom in that regard. Just be safe. Yeah, in general, getting outside, I think, is really important for mental health in the winter. It's so easy to stay cooped up inside and it can be cold and gross and it really does make a difference even just getting out for a five minute walk on a sunny day getting some sunlight in your eyes bundle up just appropriate for the weather it's not going to be as bad as you think but now let's talk about indoor activities for my indoor cats because i try and get outside but i i am an indoor cat in the winter very headachy and unwell feeling when i'm outside and it gets dark by like 4 p.m things that i'm going to be doing around winter and christmas inside there this is probably my favorite category this is my favorite category first one is making garland which i think this is so fun it's very low cost what i mean by that is like dried orange garland or popcorn cranberry garland for the tree i have learned with Making dried orange garland, it's actually easier said than done a little bit. Because if you look at any of these tutorials, it's like cut your slices exactly whatever, a quarter of an inch thick evenly. Very hard. Unless you have culinary training, <laughs> even that first step, it's a little difficult. So set your expectations for your garland to be a little wonky. And I think that adds character anyway. You can look it up on Pinterest. You can learn how to dehydrate your oranges. It takes a long time. If you don't have a food dehydrator, I did it in my oven a couple years ago. The first time I did it, I didn't dehydrate them enough. They got moldy within a week. You've really got to dry them out properly. So start this craft in the morning when you have all day to dry them out in your oven and i think it's just so so fun and they're so so fun to tie to christmas gifts as well i like to use recycled craft paper that i get from like amazon packaging throughout the year to wrap gifts or newspaper spruce your gifts up with some twine and some dried oranges cinnamon sticks eucalyptus that's what i like to do i dry all my flower bouquets i get throughout the year as gifts and then i reuse the dried flowers and greenery whenever i'm wrapping gifts for any occasion it makes them beautiful and aromatic i haven't tried but maybe would like to one day is the popcorn garland, which I definitely did this as a kid, but I haven't tried it in adulthood where you, you know, thread a needle and sew a line of popcorn and dried cranberries. And uh, it's really nice because you can just toss it outside for the birds when you're done with it. I think these are really fun activities to do while you're watching Christmas movie, listening to Christmas music. Maybe you want a little family activity or something for you and your partner to do where you're spending just quality time. And it's not about spending a lot of money because you could go to the grocery store and find the what's it called like the almost bad produce section of the markdown fruit get your oranges there because you're gonna be cutting them up and dehydrating them anyway this is a less than five dollar activity to do so so much of christmas is centered around consumerism which is why i tried to kind of focus my personal list that is low cost another one that i am very excited to do 
which I'm already doing is baking bread and cookies and in general holiday baking. I just think this is going to be extra fun around Christmas because I can bake cookies. I can bring them for my clients. Whenever my parents and I have our family Christmas dinner, I'm probably going to make dinner rolls again like I did for our Thanksgiving. Something extra cozy in the winter when it's like already dark out and you feel like a medieval peasant baking your bread at 4.30 p.m. on a Sunday. Me, I'm very much in a use what I have type of baking because baking can get expensive. I have the basics on hand, like the flour, the cocoa powder, the sugar, the brown sugar, what have you. I'm not going out, I'm not buying holiday themed cupcake liners or sprinkles. I'm working with what I have and I think that there is beauty in that as well. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of cinnamon and nutmeg flying through the house. That goes well for both fall and winter and I have got a lot of it from some of my fall baking. Ooh, speaking of the kitchen, one of my favorite things to do in the winter is to make a simmer pot. This was also a very 90s thing to do, but take a pot of water and you put in your aromatic. So I like to do oranges, apples, cinnamon, cloves. They're really my favorites. That's my kind of like personal favorite simmer pot recipe. I'm sure you can look up on Pinterest a bunch of wintry simmer pot recipes. And you literally just let that simmer on the stove for couple of hours. Watching it, of course, don't leave this on and leave your house, but it makes the house smell so, so yummy. And this is also great if, like I said, you have fruit that's going bad where it's not really edible anymore. Let it go just a little bit too long. Make a simmer pot. It's also a good option. Obviously, look into what is safe for whether you have a cat or a dog or a bird, whatever it might be. But this is a great alternative to candles and incense if you have pets. It's a more controlled aromatic because candles and incense can be really, really dangerous for pets. It can actually cause seizures and damage and health issues in them because of the fake fragrance. I love simmer pots and I got into simmer pots when I had first got boo because I was like very helicopter parent of like, oh my gosh, their noses are so sensitive. I don't want to hurt my puppy, but I want to smell nice things. Simmer pots, super, super fun. Like I said, I already buy cinnamon sticks and clove anyhow for like tea throughout the year and wrapping gifts. And then you just throw some in a pot, good to go. Something else I love to do, which I've actually already done in November, is to write out my holiday cards, wax seal them while I'm watching a Christmas movie. And I think wax seals are so underrated and everyone that I give cards to absolutely loves my wax seal. I just got on Amazon actually for myself like probably 10 years ago and it comes with wax and your little seal and a little like cauldron and a tea light to put your warmer in gosh verbally describing things is hard to put the little scooper in that you melt the wax in whatever google it you can figure it out but I've got a v like a custom seal and I like to use I have like a nice little turquoise green wax that I'm using last year and this year until it gets used up. I think it's just, it's fun for me. It's very therapeutic for me to do wax seals to seal my cards. And I think it's just a little extra special something when people receive one where it's like, wow, this feels like we're in Harry Potter. I already did that while watching one of my Christmas Hallmark movies. I wrote out my cards because I know December's gonna be busy and I'm already in the holiday spirit. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna get them all written out now because I'm gonna mail them December 1st so that they can get to people in early December and bring them some holiday cheer. Another tradition, I know I'm jumping around again, I've got got notes written here. Another tradition though that I like to do every year, and this is one that does kind of involve money, picking out a special ornament. Crazy, never over $10, but I like to go to, you know, whether it's HomeSense, Canadian Tire, and that's kind of how I've been building my tree that I've had for probably eight years. Very slowly just getting ornaments here and there, and I like to get something that 
kind of speaks to whether it's just the vibe that I like that year, something cute or something related to my life. For example, when I got Boo, that first year I found an ornament from a Christmas store that says I hurt my greyhound. Another year, my mom actually got me an ornament that's like a little greyhound with bobbly legs and she wrote Boo on the nameplate. This year, our ornament, we actually went to, but my partner bought them both. So technically, if I girl math that, I didn't buy either, but he got one that is a little raccoon. I think I talked about this last week. It's a raccoon in a plaid shirt and a vest that with a fishing rod and fish in his hands. And we were just like, oh my gosh. For us, this is so niche, but it reminded us of when we binge watched Port Protection Alaska. We got really into survival shows and shows about like bush people and it reminded us of one of the old men in that so we got it named him Gary after that and then recently we went to HomeSense and we found a beautiful like glass ornament with painted cardinals on it and we thought oh how perfect since we got into birding this year that's kind of what I mean like just something that's special to me or us if I have a partner around the holidays that year and I think that that's really fun and maybe you have a year where you don't see one or you know maybe you make one right like if you've got a dog and you make one of those little salt dough paw imprint ornaments or a child, whatever it might be. I think it's a fun way to commemorate where you were in your life that year. So my next category I have is like the friends and family category. I've done outdoor, we've done my indoor. This is kind of my like, if I'm being social category, which I'm really trying to do. And my therapist is also really encouraging me to do is to do things that make me uncomfortable and get out in public even though it feels hard. Like motto, and I think a big motto with OCD is feel the fear and do it anyways, which I try and remember it's really hard. I really need that on like a bookmark or a t-shirt or something. Anyways, these are again, fairly simple and really, really focusing on not spending money. And it's just getting hot chocolate with a friend, tea or coffee, whatever it might be. Find a nice little cafe in your area or hey, maybe Tim Hortons is in your budget. You can go get a nice little Tim Hortons and sit in a quiet Tim Hortons that you can find as well or get it to go, drink it in your car in front of the Christmas lights in the park with your friend. Me, I really like to, when I'm mentally capable, to go to a little independent cafe buy it. They usually have the most yummy seasonal little lattes and teas and hot chocolates too. Get a nice little peppermint hot chocolate. Stand up by a window seat if you're lucky to get one. Watch the snowfall and catch up. And I think that's a beautiful thing about the holidays is I often find myself getting together with old high school friends or people from my early 20s that I kind of lost touch with. You know, you get busy, you have your own lives or they move out of province and everyone's home for the holiday. You get to have that time where it suddenly feels like no time has passed and you're just catching up. And there's just the magic of going to a little local cafe and getting hot chocolate and cozying up. I love that. So I think that is a really, really fun one. General, I guess, just like quality time over gifts when it comes to both friends and family, which we talked about more kind of last week with setting boundaries with gifts. And we'll talk about more in a couple of weeks whenever I do my overconsumption and Christmas chat. Another one that I love on like kind of the same vein of that is a friend's miss potluck. So instead of, you know, I know it can be a lot of pressure for people to host. I firmly believe that whoever is hosting a friend's miss or get together shouldn't be the one cooking. Cause listen, they already got to clean. They got to clean before they got to clean after they have the stress of, you know, waiting till the last person leave. The potluck style is really, really fun. And maybe tell the host like, Hey, why don't you just, you know, make a dessert or buy a dessert. You don't have to make it yourself. Whether you want to make it or spend the money to buy something, doesn't matter. I think 
it's really fun and takes the pressure off making a whole meal where you can show up with your friends and, you know, maybe you just do all sides too. Maybe you don't do a main. No one's got to do like a freaking tofurkey or a turkey or whatever your vibe is. It's like a fun little appetizer get together. Makes their favorite chip dip or nickel bread and spinach dip. The charcuterie board with some fun cheeses, whatever, whatever it might be. Just like low pressure get together. For me, at least, this is a much better option than going out for meals, which I know is a big thing around the holidays and people even work Christmas parties, right? Where you go and you eat expensive. Eating out, not really in my budget right now, even fast food. Not that I think friends want to get together to go to like McDonald's. It's not really the vibe. And it is these like more expensive restaurants that people want to get together at. And that's just, that's just not, that's not it for me right now. Get togethers at someone's house, if anyone or apartment, you know, whatever it is, is able to host and everyone just brings a dish. Brings a dish. It is more low cost. It's more chill. I hate when it's noisy in public and you're trying to talk to your friends and you can't freaking hear what's going on. And I think there's nothing cozier than a little, you know, candle lit, a little faux fireplace on the TV. Get together with friend. Again, it's more focused on that quality time than spending money or dressing up. Just like have a little casual get together. So much fun. Even just a walk in the snow. Again, like really focusing on quality time. Like I said, get together with your family or my family. What we always did growing up was after our Christmas dinner, you know, however big or small it might be, we would go in my small hometown and we would go walk through those Christmas light displays that I talked about. And it would both help us when we're feeling really full and like we need to get our metabolism and digestive system moving. It was just something low cost to do together. Not doing gifts, just going for a walk together, talking, catching up and enjoying a little walk. And you can do that with whatever it might be, your friend, your neighbor. You have no idea how much it might mean to your neighbor, especially, you know, maybe someone that lives alone and doesn't have a lot of family for the holidays for you to go over and say, hey, I brought you, you know, some cookies. Do you want to go for a little walk around the block? It might be. I think it's just a really isolating time of year for a lot of people. And it can mean a lot to stop by and let a neighbor know that you're thinking of them. The last one that I have written down here is a little bit in the vein of spending money. I think it can be fun. And that's going to see a play or a musical or a ballet over the holidays. Here in my town, the theater that we have, they usually do Christmas related plays. And I've gone once and I think it was, what's that one where there's like the ghost of Christmas past? Ghost of Christmas Present. What is that called? I can't think of that right now. What that's called. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, I saw that play done at the local theater and it was so much fun. It was also a fun excuse for me and my boyfriend at the time to like get dressed up. And I was, gosh, I was probably like 21 and put on like, you know, my fancy little dress and coat and boots. It was snowing like crazy. Thankfully, we both lived downtown at the time. So it was a short little fun walk in the snow. Go show up at the theater. It was mostly old people. Someone was snoring, in fact, um, and had to be woken up by the attendant in the eye. It was so much fun. I know they've done like Elf the Musical and like just all sorts of different Christmas related plays every year. I encourage you, if that's something within your budget that you think might be fun or a nice Christmas gift to like get your parents, right? Is to go see a play at the local theater or a musical or maybe your local dance company is doing the Nutcracker and that's probably lower cost. Whatever it might be you know, and like supporting your community, right? That's what I think I value too. More than like going to see a movie and giving Brad Pitt more of your money. 
I love to see that go to a local community theater. So I think that that one is super fun. So now we're branching off into my personal movie Christmas holiday bucket list chat. Personally, one of my favorite traditions on Christmas Eve, I usually, I'm usually off work anyways, but if I'm, if it's a weekday, I book the day off of work and I go and I binge watch all of the Friends Christmas episodes. It's gonna be so sad this year. I know that Matthew Perry died. I do this for a lot of the holidays. I do it for Halloween. I do it for Thanksgiving. I do it for Christmas. And I usually do it for New Year's too. I saved a couple of New Year's episodes. Oh my gosh. Monica and, and Ross's Dance the Dance. If you know, you know. Anyways, uh, that's my favorite thing to do on Christmas Eve. I grew up on Friends. I was in that era being born in the 90s. My parents loved watching it. This is just my comfort show. So you can go online and you can look up all of the Friends Christmas episodes. It'll tell you what season, what episodes. So you can go through and just watch the Christmas episodes. I think that's super fun and special to do. Disney also, oh my gosh, it's Thursday. There's a new episode of the Kardashians. Anyways, got a little distracted thinking about Disney. Disney also has this feature where if you go to the search feature and then you go to the search and there's like all the collections, right? So you go to the Christmas and holiday collection, which by the time you're listening to this, it might be on the homepage of Disney Plus anyways, if you have Disney Plus and you click that and you scroll down and it will show you, they separate all the Christmas episodes. So you can see all of the animated Christmas episodes, you know, I don't know what they have, Family Guy, Futurama, Simpsons, whatever. My favorite is the Disney one. So all of the Hannah Montana Christmas episodes, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody was just a Waverly Place holiday episode, like all the new girl Christmas episodes, whatever. I think that is so, so much fun as someone who has watched all these shows and you want to go back and just watch the holiday themed ones that are a little bit nostalgic for you. I love, love, love doing that. Um, that I specifically love. I'm very much a rewatcher. I don't Watch a ton of new Christmas movies except for Hallmark Christmas movies, which we'll get to. My favorites though is The Santa Claus. And my partner and I love this movie. We've watched it both the years that we've been together throughout the winter. The first year we watched it in the spring. It's fine. Love this one. And this was kind of our era. He's one year older than me, so we're both 90s babies. I love it. At least the first one. Sometimes we get to the other ones. The first one though is gold. When I love this one, my partner not so much. I usually watch this one while I wrap Christmas gifts is Elf. I am an elf lover. I know this movie gets a lot of controversy. I've just always loved it. I think it's so fun and silly and goofy. I love it. Another one, Christmas with the Cranks. Gosh, oh, this one is this one's high up there, y'all. I love Christmas with the Cranks. can't think of the mom, the actress's name, um, but I love her. I love her. It's so much fun. Love early 2000s Christmas movie. Of course, Charlie Brown Christmas. Ooh, Griswold's Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. That is a classic for me. Of course, y'all know. I am so deep into the Hallmark Christmas movie and it is wild. I don't know if this year I'm just paying more attention earlier. They've already got their countdown to Christmas on, on the Women's Network, Hallmark Network, if you're in Christmas, if you're in Christmas, <laughs> if you're in the States is what I meant to say. Oh boy, towards the end of the episode, we always get a little brain foggy. It's also not even 9am. It's early in my book. Anyhow, they're airing multiple new Christmas movies a week. Like, Holy schmoly, Women's Network, Hallmark, whatever it is, they are working overtime. They've been busy this past year filming all these freaking Christmas movies. There's so many great actors in them. I know Chad Michael Murray was in a lot of them last year. I think her name, is it Terry Hatcher from Desperate Housewives? She's been in a lot this year. I think it's called Christmas at the Chalet was one with her. There's one on tonight, which you won't hear this in time, but you can catch the playback with, I think, I think her name's Terry Hatcher. Am I making that up from Desperate Housewives? Whatever. There's a new one tonight, which I'm like, a Thursday night at 8 p.m.? There was a new Christmas movie last night at Wednesday at 8 p.m. And there's always one Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday. Like I said, they're busy. I'm loving it. They are so low stress. I am so, like, mentally unwell right now between busy season at work, holiday season, 
mostly therapy. I can't handle watching most things. I know I talked about this in the Calming My Nervous System episode, how media really impacts me and my mental health. Feel-good movies where no one's dying, everything's happy, you know there's a happily ever after, that's my vibe. That is my vibe. Last night, and yesterday was a rocky day for me, like I said, I got home from work, and my favorite podcast, the H3 podcast, was live, and even that, I was like, there's too many opinions. I put, I turned it off. I haven't finished watching the new episode. I went and put on a Christmas Hallmark movie. That's my vibe right now, and I am fully taking advantage of that and how fuzzy feel good wonderful it is one of my favorite things to do in the winter another one is holiday baking shows i have stack tv through amazon that amazon and stack tv are the only two things subscriptions i personally pay for mooch my disney plus off my best friend but through stack tv you get food network hgtv you get a lot of those holiday baking championship or like holiday cookie competition show. I think they're super fun to put on in the background. My partner and I suddenly become culinary experts when we watch it, giving so much critique, even though we know we could not do half as good of a job as they're doing. But I think they're just really fun to watch. And maybe if you're having a baking day, you can put that on in the background. How fun would that be? Anyways, that is my Christmas holiday movie and TV bucket list personally. I know there's other great ones out there, but this is my show. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about what I like to watch and I'm interested. Should maybe, should I put a question box up on my Instagram? Maybe I will because I'm really curious what everyone's like top one or two favorite Christmas movies is because I think it speaks a lot to the era you grew up in and I'm really curious about this. If you feel so inclined because I might forget to put the, Chris, the Christmas movie story question box list what up on my Instagram? Send me a DM and let me know what your favorite is. I want to briefly talk about my book TBR. It looks a little different for me this year. It's been a little different from the fall. A lot shorter because I have in general books that I'm reading right now and these are books that you can really only read at Christmas. Not only but best enjoyed in December. So I have three. These are three books that I found at used bookstores. One came from the library sale. I got it for $2. And the other two came from independent used bookstores in my town that I got throughout the summer and just squirreled away in my pile for Christmas. Because let me tell you, Christmas books out of season at used bookstores, so much cheaper. They'll put the price up a little bit towards Christmas. Get them out of season though, I'm telling you. Even though like in season, they're usually cheaper than the rest of the used books because they're seasonal. There's that short window of time that the stores know that people are interested in reading them. I had some good freaking finds this year, y'all. found In a Holidays by Christina Lauren, which I'm so excited about because I love Christina Lauren books. The True Love Experiment by her, well, by them, it's two women is one of my favorite rom-coms ever. The library has a ton of their books, but I love a physical book, especially in the winter. It's so cozy to curl up with. So I scored that for a couple of bucks at the used bookstore, and I'm really excited to read that one. I don't know what any of these are about yet. I just thought they were Christmas related and said, okay, that's gonna be a December read. Another one I found is Christmas in Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrandt. And I love Ellen's books. They are so fun. She's one of my like instant buy authors if I see her at a used bookstore, which she often is, or on Book Outlet. But I have never heard of her book, Christmas in Nantucket. And I think it'll be super duper fun. Just like a little family drama Christmas read. Last one that I found, I found at the library book sale last month or whenever that was. And it's The Holiday Swap by Maggie Knox. Again, not fully sure 
what it's about, but I am excited to read something Christmas themed. And I also have a few that I've put on hold through the library, like I mentioned, where there's a bit of a wait list. And I put a couple of those new cozy mystery Christmas ones on my list. There's one by Debbie McComber. She's got a bunch of Christmas books. If you look her up through Libby, there's a ton of Christmas like romances. I should have said to you, all those books I just mentioned are kind of like romance Christmas books. That's my vibe. Hallmark movie in a book. Perfect for me. Yeah, I think books are just a really fun medium to explore seasonal holidays through, which I hadn't really previously done prior to this year. And I thought, hmm, how fun. I love to read. Let's read some freaking holiday books. But, um, you know, aside from all of the things, I'm also really just being mindful of taking care of myself this Christmas and winter season. I'm still prioritizing therapy, doing it weekly. My homework is daily. I'm telling my friends, my partner, to keep me accountable for showing up, doing the hard work. I'm aware that that's extremely draining and that's taking the majority of my focus right now. So that's why I've set all the boundaries that we talked about last week. And I know that I need to prioritize myself this year and that's totally okay. You saw the dentist. I'm booked in to see the optometrist, mostly because I'm using it my benefits before January 1st, which if you're hearing this in years, renew January 1st as well, this is your reminder. Pay into them, you may as well use them, and it's good to take care of yourself. Privilege, let me tell you. I'm trying to get all of those things in pre-booked massages for the rest of the year, like every other week. I've got like six massages before Christmas. I'm so excited, mainly because I have benefits again. This was not in the budget for the last few years, and I'm so grateful, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't know how long my partner's gonna have this job where we have benefits, so I'm using them up. Being so selective with my time of what I'm saying yes to, being so, so careful because I know I don't wanna spread myself thin. I don't wanna burn out. I wanna prioritize my alone time too. I love alone time. I'm such an introvert. I'm avoiding overconsumption, which is a hard one around Christmas. And it, again, it takes a lot of unlearning and relearning. And we're gonna talk about that more next time. I think that's gonna be next week's topic because I think it's important to talk about before we get really deep into December. I think that'll be the first weekend of December episode, avoiding holiday overconsumption. Yeah, that sounds good. That's my winter and Christmas bucket list. I know it might sound a little different from other ones out there because again, y'all know how we do it around here. We're not focusing on spending money, slow living, being intentional and unlearning things about capitalism in this wild, wild economy. With all that being said too, before I close this out, I want to acknowledge and say that the holidays are really, really hard for a lot of people, myself included. It's my first Christmas without Boo, and I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, that he's been my buddy through some really, really hard shit and some really hard Christmases the last few years that it's been just Boo and I. And I know this year's going to be hard. I'm grateful this year my partner's not in a job where he will actually have Christmas off. He'll have a week off, which will be really nice. Um, so I won't be alone, and that'll be really important for me. But I know the holidays are really hard for a lot of people. And if you don't feel like celebrating, that's okay. That's why I'm going to have my winter episode too, where it's like, you know what? If Christmas isn't the vibe, who cares? If you're not feeling like it feels right, don't do it. You don't have to force yourself to. I'm somebody where I know I love Christmas. And sometimes I torture myself by being like, well, I'm not going to do this. For me, I know the healthy boundaries of what's good to push myself to do, like getting my Christmas lights up early. I was like, I'm not doing it at all. It doesn't feel right. I was kind of torturing myself being like, well, you can't enjoy Christmas. How dare you want to have happiness when you don't have boo with you, which I know sounds silly. And my partner said that. He said, Victoria, what the heck, man? 
wouldn't want you to do that. Okay, no, you're right. Which is why I said, okay, we got to get them up in November before I get really deep in the pits of sadness. And I think it's really helped. It's really helped my mental health. Plugging in the Christmas tree, seeing my boot ornaments on the tree brought me joy. But it's a balance. It's a balance for sure. For instance, this year, I've talked about it last episode. A lot of family time is not in the cards this year. I'm really having a me time Christmas and what's good for me. Being around a ton of other happy people with their big families, it's not the vibe. It's not the vibe. Know your limits. Take care of yourself, like I said, and we will be back every Sunday morning, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Shanna's coming to town. <laughs> Waiting so long to say that. It's finally time. It's my time. Jill, I loved Elf. Anyways, every 7 a.m. on Sundays, I will have new episodes. I am not going to be taking a break for the holidays. I'm going to pre-record episodes to, I guess, obviously give myself a break. But I know around Christmas, I get so bummed when my favorite like YouTubers or podcasters don't have an episode for two weeks. I'm like, man, this is the time I have time off. This is when I have time to listen. So I'm going to have content still coming out with the podcast anyhow every Sunday throughout the holidays and we've got a lot of fun topics coming up so stay tuned let me know what's on your winter and holiday bucket list how you're feeling going into this season I absolutely love my Sundays and Mondays when I get messages from y'all that have listened to the podcast with your thoughts it means the world makes me feel less lonely obviously I have my analytics that I can see of you know how many people are listening to the podcast I don't know how many people listen and enjoy though. So thank you to everyone who goes and shares this on their story. That means the world, whatever it might be, shares it with a friend, messages me. I appreciate you all so, so much. I'm so grateful for you being here. If you've been following for a while, you know, I've kind of branched off to the podcast being my primary social media platform because posting is just scary and stressful. And this, even though it's long form, feels like a safe space, which I'm very grateful for y'all for helping me curate this safe space to talk to. Wishing you all wonderful health and good vibes going into the next week. Wishing that for myself as well. And I will catch you all next Sunday when we are going to talk about overconsumption and the holidays. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.